Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway, featuring live music performances on Classical 89 and Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Elizabeth Hansen, and this hour highlights the Autumn Classics concerts of the Beethoven Festival of Park City, Utah, just one installment of five annual music festivals, including a film music festival organized by the Park City Chamber Music Society. The Beethoven Festival is an international affair bringing musicians from across the United States and as far away as Russia, South Africa, and Belgium to the scenic venues of Park City to perform. Performances are formal and informal. There are concerts in the Park City Community Church as well as Temple Har Shalom. And salon benefit concerts in private residences complete with appetizers and schmoozing. Joining me in studio this hour are festival directors Leslie and Russell Harlow, who will also play their respective instruments for us, the viola and the clarinet. And they've also brought a few musical friends. Pianist Michael Gert is here from Baton Rouge, where he teaches at Louisiana State University. And two of our own Utah Valley locals, cellist Julie Bevan and violinist Monty Belknap. I'll chat with our musicians in a, little la uh, a little later on, but first, let's start with some music. The second and third movements of an arrangement of Mozart's violin and piano sonata, Kershaw Listing 496, Russell Harlow clarinet, Leslie Harlow viola, Monty Belknap violin, Julie Bevan cello.
We've just heard the second and third movements of a sonata by Mozart, Kirchhoff listing 496. You're listening to Highway 89, live on Classical 89 and Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Elizabeth Hansen, and this hour features musicians from the Autumn Classics concert series of the Beethoven Festival of Park City, Utah. And I would like to call Leslie Harlow, one of the festival founders, to the microphone. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much. Leslie received her master's degree in viola performance from the Juilliard School, impressive, and is especially well-known in the Utah and Salt Lake Valleys, where she's taught music at Brigham Young University, served as director for the Virtuoso series, and performed with the Utah Symphony. Welcome. Thank How you are so you? much. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Good. Yeah. I was looking at the music here and the runs that you all have. I can barely play Barbie, and you <laughs> wonderful musicians are playing these incredible like runs and music. There's too many, too many notes. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so, we agree. <laughs> way too many notes. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Leslie. Um, tell me about the musicians that you invite to come to Park City and perform, because I know a lot of them are your friends. Yes. But here's the question. Do you know who you want to invite and then shape the concerts around that or Mm -hmm. vice versa? That's a super question. Actually, we do both. But um, my preference is to ask the players what they would like to play, and then we try to put the uh, program together. But at the same time, Russell does a lot of the programming, and he designs really great programs. So we kind of try to direct the players to those programs, too, and say, okay, we think we'd like to do something like these two pieces, and uh, would you like to play first or second violin on that, or would you like to play it, or would someone else? Then we ask also if they have some solo pieces or some, some especially flashy pieces they're playing at some other festival or they have it ready for a recital as in the case of Michael who you'll talk to later. On a lot of concert series you will get something like whistle stops where you hear a string quartet that's making uh, the rounds around the United States. They're on a tour but for us we really love to bring players together who are very extreme soloists. I mean they're all solo players and they're not afraid to take chances And so when we rehearse, we also listen to each other, and one person feels like, uh, you know, I want to do something a little flashy right here, and the others will pick up on it. I will say really quickly, one time I was performing with a string quartet as an extra violist. And I had been playing with the festival for so many years, but we had all these rehearsals with the string quartet. And then we were in the performance, and there was this little spot where I wanted to do something a little different. It just occurred to me, and I thought, I'd better not because we had not rehearsed it. We had rehearsed so carefully. Now, at our festival, if you have an urge to do something really sweet or something really special, you do it. You feel free to do it. So <laughs> you just that's go a ahead. Difference. This is Park City. You can yeah, do so it. Yeah, so that's a little bit of a difference. And that's what, you, well, what occurred to me when you were saying you, you, you love to get soloists up mm-hmm. there. I, I was going to ask, is it ever problematic when you get a bunch of soloists in there on, as an ensemble? Or do you just find that, you know, these musicians just click together and everything works? Uh, most of the time it works. I mean, uh, and then the elbows sticking out are part of what we enjoy about these really spontaneous performances. So if we have things that aren't absolutely perfect, like carved radishes, they are like an incredible meal that really smells great, and it's just really (laughs) incredible. So we have a a little bit different concept on that. But the audiences seem to respond very well to this, and that's, that's what we like, and that's what they like. I'm not sure if carved radishes, I would have uh, used that, but that's okay. Yeah, that's um, okay. Now, I heard that 
Um, our pianist here tonight, Michael Gert, was in. Was I right in hearing that he was at the first festival that you had? Yes, he was. He was the first pianist that I asked to come to the festival because I had actually become aware of him at Juilliard. Even though we weren't friends there, I knew about him. And then when he won the Bach Hour, that was really impressive. And, you know, I just knew he was a really great player, but he's also really dynamic. So we invited him, and he came the very first summer. And we did have a great experience, which I'll tell you very quickly. Um, We had another pianist who was also there and who got sick, who was uh, scheduled to play the 4A C minor piano quartet, which you will hear in a second. And so he got sick, and we asked Michael if he would play it. And he had never played it before, and we were due to perform it the next day. So he learned it overnight. <laughs> and he's, la- he's over there laughing. He learned this piece, which you will hear, overnight, and it was really amazing. And even our players uh, who were playing, um, Bill Prusel, the concertmaster of the uh, Cleveland Orchestra, was so impressed with Michael's sight reading. But he did spoil me. And I never realized for several years that a pianist needed months maybe to learn some massive piece because Michael spoiled us. So, so um, that's why we bring him because he never has to learn. The what piece. you're saying is either a wunderkind or yes. he's a mutant is what you're saying. Uh, right? Yes. <laughs> so okay. tell us if you would be so kind, introduce the next piece for us. It is the 4A C minor piano quartet, the very piece that we played for the first time with Michael. It's one of my favorites, and I know that it's also a favorite of Monty and Julie's. Um, It's just a gorgeous piece, so we're going to have a good time with that. Well, you go back to your chair, and I'll vamp until ready. Um, Okay, we're going to listen to the first and second movements of the piano quartet, number one, opus 15, by Gabrielle Foray. I can say this, Gabrielle Foray. Michael Gert piano, Monty Belknap violin, Julie Bevan cello, and Leslie Harlow viola. <laughs> Thank you. 
just heard the first and second movements of the Piano Quartet Number no. 1, Opus 15, by Gabrielle Fauré, which um, I'm, uh, if you heard a little earlier, Michael Gert, our amazing pianist, learned in just one night some years ago. You're listening to Highway 89, a live performance from the studio of BYU Broadcasting. I'm Elizabeth Hansen, and I'm joined in studio this hour by five talented musicians, and I'm jealous, from the autumn installment of the Beethoven Festival of Park City, Utah. Now I would like to invite Michael Gert to the microphone. Michael Gert is the head of the piano department at the Sewanee Summer Music Center and the piano mentor for the Hot Springs Music Festival. He is here today from Baton Rouge, where he teaches at Louisiana State University. He has appeared as a soloist with many symphonies, including the Chicago Symphony, the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Baltimore Symphony, and our very own Utah Symphony. I could go on for hours because his resume is very <laughs> impressive, but I'll finish with one of his first successes that happened to be right here in Utah, his first prize win at the Gina Bachauer International Piano Competition. Welcome, Michael Gert. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. And when did you win the prize? Oh, this was 1982, 30 years ago. It's hard to believe. Oh, my gosh. That was, yeah. And I was, I can remember 30 years ago, and that makes me depressed. So <laughs> yes. how, did your, how did your life change as a result of winning that, uh, that prize? Well, I'll tell you the first reaction when I heard my name announced was sheer terror. <laughs> Why terror? Well, because all of a sudden I was going to have to give all these concerts and I had to be the winner of the Gina Bachauer competition. <laughs> so all of a Think sudden you have it. to perform. All of a sudden it's thrust upon you and you have to do it. It's true. It's true. And, you know, yeah, I was only 23 years old at the time. And, uh, I Rather, was very conscious of the responsibilities involved. Pretty daunting. It's, it is, sort of. I have to also mention, because I'm a little gadget queen over here, that you, uh, the music that you're using is on an iPad. And this is the mm. first time I've seen anyone use an iPad to, uh, to read their music. Tell me about the iPad. Okay, well, first of all, I assure you that I chose this route out of self-defense. <laughs> Why do you say that? Um, it is very difficult and getting more difficult all the time to find a page turner who can turn the pages on time. If you get somebody who knows something about music, they think they know better than I do when I, when I want the page turn. <laughs> and if we have someone who doesn't know anything about music, well, sometimes that's a better choice. But you have to strenuously nod and signal every <laughs> page true. turn. Then you and, need a chiropractor the next day. Yeah, and sometimes you have to turn back two pages. They've got to turn ahead five or six. And um, all page turners are pretty much lost with that these days. And so you know, I was just getting more and more nervous when I would play chamber music and have a page turner. And so as soon as I heard that this uh, possibility existed, I went for it. I was a very early adopter. Even before the iPad came out, I used a Microsoft tablet PC oh, with yeah, a USB yeah. pedal that was on the floor. That was quite a setup, but it did the job. And then you know, I was just waiting for the iPad to come out. Then it came out, and it took nine more months for a company to make a Bluetooth pedal that so would do you, work. And, and do you ever accidentally hit it twice so it, goes, it advances a couple of pages? Well, the uh, software has a sort of guard against that. I, uh, tonight, actually, mistakenly hit the backward turn pedal. I wondered. I saw you whack the, the, the yeah. iPad with your finger. Yeah, I accidentally hit the backward turn <laughs> pedal tonight. It doesn't happen that often, but the accidents can happen. But it's a good system, and it looks easy. It is actually quite difficult, and it took me about three months of practice in my studio 
before I was comfortable enough to even try it in a rehearsal, you have to, first of all, as you're a pianist, you have to turn with your left foot. Your right foot is busy with the pedal. Well, right. It's like learning having a clutch. Yeah. Now, oh, I don't know gosh, about all of you. Now you got a standard uh, transmission on a, <laughs> on a Steinway. That's true. I don't know about all of you, but I'm not left-footed. <laughs> and also, my hands are fairly busy while no, I'm trying really? to figure I, it all yeah, out. Yeah, I did kind of notice that as well. So your hands are busy and you're not left-footed, so it takes some coordination and practice. It's not all that easy. Um, well, I, I commend you, and it was it was fascinating to watch it. I mean, that's I know that that's a gadgety kind of thing to be talking about, but uh, I like I like I love gadgets, gadgets myself. I so. do too. Um, so I wanted to to ask you a little bit about uh, the Bachauer because I know that you've been back to Utah to be an adjudicator for the the Bachauer competition. What's that yes. like, especially when you said that you know how daunting it is? What's that well, like for you to be the adjudicator? Well, you know. Uh, I wasn't convinced in 1982 that I should have won the contest. <laughs> and I have, of course, listened to many competitions where I thought the wrong person won. And I could never figure out why they always goof it and choose the wrong person. Uh, I don't as, have an answer for that either. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I finally, once I judged myself, you know, where the level was tremendously high. Right. And uh, the rest of the jury that time was all the previous winners of the competition. So no claim can be made that these people are incompetent. Right, right. And yet, I still think the result was kind of wrong. <laughs> and I well, finally figured out why. And that is? It's simply a matter of regression to the mean. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Okay, I'm going to have to ponder that. Is that a math question? Okay, but anyway. <laughs> um, enough about enough talking to the pianist. Let's hear the pianist do his, his, uh, his thing. Um, Mr. Gert is going to play for us one of my favorite pieces, uh, excerpts from pictures at an exhibition for solo piano by Modest Mussorgsky.
We've just heard excerpts from pictures at an exhibition for solo piano by Modeste Muzorgsky. <laughs> this hour highlighted the autumn classics concerts of the Beethoven Festival of Park City, Utah. Just one installment of five annual music festivals, including a film music festival, organized by the Park City Chamber Music Society. Our musicians were uh, festival directors Leslie and Russell Harlow on viola and clarinet, pianist, amazing pianist, Michael Gert, amazing cellist, Julie Bevan, and amazing violinist, Monty Belknap. The performances were stunning. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, and hopefully, some or all of them will be back soon. The Beethoven Festival concert series are year-round and include the music of Beethoven as well as chamber pieces by other favorite composers, old and new. Complete information about the festival is available at pcmusicfestival.com. Highway 89 takes you to any number of musical destinations, every one of them musical and memorable. We always welcome comments and questions about our programming. For information about this show, simply email us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting. The recording engineers were Mark Waite and Igor Marks. The show's producer is Jackie Tatehishi. I said that wrong. Tatehishi. I'm Elizabeth Hansen. I said that right. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>